Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. I want to welcome everybody who is joining us online this morning. Thank you so much for being a part. And if you're ever in the area, we would love for you to stop by one Sunday morning at 9.30 or 11 o'clock. For the past month, we've been in a series called While I Am Waiting. And we've been answering the question, what should we do while we are waiting? How can we manage our wait in a way that we do not waste our wait? I don't know about you, but if, if I've got to wait, I want to wait well. I remember one time I was in an airport and my flight kept on getting delayed. That's frustrating. You ever been in that position where your flight gets delayed? My entire family was in Puerto Rico waiting for me. The reason I wasn't with them is because I waited till after I preached to catch a flight, and my flight kept on getting delayed, and it was getting frustrating. But then I thought, you know what? If I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait well. So I went to the Delta Lounge, and I hung out in one of them big cushiony chairs with my own charger. You get free drinks and free peanuts, and I waited Well, if I'm going to wait, I want to wait well. And as a matter of fact, you need to understand that what happens to you in the waiting season is preparing you for the next season that God wants to take you into. And so we've been talking about things like working while we wait. While while I'm waiting, I need to make sure that I am working. While I am waiting, I need to make sure that I am worshiping. Last week, we talked about while we are waiting, we need to be faithfully following. Today I really want to look at while I'm waiting, I need to be growing. And and to be more specific, I want to talk about growing in the area of wisdom. How many of you could use a little more wisdom? How many of you, your husband could use a little more? Don't don't raise your hand, ladies. Great. Now in February I'm going to have to do another relationship seminar to save your marriage for, no, I'm just kidding. But I was thinking about Jesus this week. You know, he was born for the purpose of saving the world. He was born for the purpose of reconciling God and man and bringing peace between God and humanity. But for 30 years of his life, he was in a waiting season. No miracles. No healings. No raising people from the dead. For 30 years, he's relatively unknown, just doing life with his family. But in Luke, the second chapter, we get a verse about Jesus when he was 12 years old. Right in the middle of his waiting season, Luke, the second chapter, verse 52, gives us a verse That is powerful, and I want you to get a hold of it today. It says this in Luke 2.52. And Jesus increased. Somebody say he increased. That means he was growing. Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. In other words, while Jesus was waiting, he was growing. While Jesus was waiting, he was developing. While Jesus was waiting, he was gaining wisdom. He was preparing himself for the position he was going to step into. 
Here's the big idea of this series. While we are awaiting, we need to be working towards who it is God has called us to be. While we are waiting, we need to be working towards who it is that we desire to become. And if you remember week one, we talked about the fact that waiting should be active. Waiting is not sitting around. Waiting is active because you are becoming someone. Every single person in here is becoming someone. And you will either become someone on accident or you can become the person you want to be intentionally. And so we need to make sure that we are growing in the right direction and we need to make sure that we are gaining wisdom along the way. Wisdom will change your life. Wisdom will change your relationships. Wisdom will change everything. The Bible says in Proverbs, the third chapter, verse 13, it says, blessed is the one who finds wisdom. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets, somebody say it with me, understanding. That struck me this week. The the one who finds wisdom. The only way you intentionally find anything is to intentionally look for it. If you're a parent in here, you will probably relate to this. My children will wait to the last minute before we have to walk out the door to say, Dad, Mom, I can't find my shoes. I can't find my basketball jersey. I'm thinking, like, you knew you were playing basketball last night. Like, why didn't you grab the basketball jersey last night? I was the type kid, you know, because I'm, I'm really perfect in all my ways. There, there are two strong points in my life. One is I'm perfect. The second is I'm extremely humble. And... Like when I was a kid, I would lay out my baseball uniform the night before. I had it all, I had it all there. I knew what I was doing, you know. But my kids, they'll wait till the last minute and they'll say, I can't find my shoes. And I'll say, Well, did you look for your shoes? And then they give me this look. No. <laughs> don't be surprised when you don't find something that you're not looking for. <laughs> I want to say that again. Don't be surprised when you don't find something that you're not looking for. The Bible says, blessed is the one who finds wisdom. That means you are intentionally looking for wisdom. You're desiring wisdom. You want to take hold of wisdom, and when you get wisdom, you want to do everything within your power to hold on and keep that wisdom. Why? Because the blessing is attached to the wisdom. Wisdom is like a... What do they call those devices you go out on the beach with, a metal detector? Wisdom is like a metal detector that will find the treasure under the sand. It's something that you can't see necessarily in your natural eyes, but the wisdom will show you where the blessing is. Wisdom is powerful. Turn to the person next to you and say, wisdom is powerful. The Bible says in Proverbs 8, 11, for wisdom is better than jewels. And all that you may desire. Think about every single thing in this life that you desire. Money, homes, cars, clothes, food, relationships. The Bible says wisdom is better. 
It's not just better. Nothing can compare to wisdom. Why? Because it does not matter what you have. If you do not have wisdom, you will waste it. I spent some time the other day watching uh, the greatest lottery winners losing it all. If you have a little spare time in your afternoon, you should YouTube this. There are people who won millions of dollars and lost it all. One guy, this is a full-grown man, by the way, probably in his 50s. His story is that he lives with his parents and has no job. But he wins $27 million. That should be the first sign that this guy is going to lose everything. Is that he's a full-grown man still living with his parents and has no job, which means he has no wisdom. Because wisdom says, you know what, it's a good idea. I'm going to get a job. <laughs> Within one year's time, he had gone through half of that money. Within one year's time, half of the money. He ends up losing everything. A few years later, he dies broke. I mean, there are story after story after story. There was one lady who won the lottery, I think it was in 1985. Then in 1986, you know what she did? She won it again. Two years in the row, she won the lottery. By the word, lucky in the dictionary has this woman's name. But you know what's not by this woman's name? Wisdom. She lost it all. She lost it all. Ended up not even having a home to live in. What am I trying to say? It doesn't matter what you have. If you don't have wisdom, you will waste it. It's good to have desires in life. Like it's good to, you know, desire to be at a certain status in life when it comes to money and business. It's, it's great to desire good relationships. But did you know if you don't have wisdom, you'll waste it? You can take something good and destroy your life with it if you do not have wisdom for it. Wisdom is what leads us into the thing that we desire, but wisdom is what sustains us in it when we get it. Hello? Wisdom trains me for where I am going, but it sustains me once I get there. Above all things, get some wisdom. I, I really think that this should shape our prayer life a little bit. Instead of us always coming to God praying for stuff, God, I want this. God, I need this. Father, I desire this. Which, it's, it's good. We should pray and present our needs to the Lord. But I really think that we should start coming to God and saying, Father, I'm asking that you would give me wisdom for where I am right now. Give me wisdom to manage my life as it is right now. Father, show me how to manage my time wisely. Show me how to manage my family wisely. Show me how to manage my finances wisely. Father, I want wisdom because if you have wisdom, you will walk in the blessing. As a matter of fact, you can take somebody that has a lot, a lot because they gained it through wisdom. If you take it all away from them, they'll get it back. You know why? Because they have wisdom. Wisdom is powerful. Wisdom will change your life. We, we've been talking about David a lot in this series, and we've been looking at the process that he's gone through to get from the pasture 
to the palace. And today I want to look at the moment in Scripture in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, where he's going now and he's going to be facing Goliath. He's going to take Goliath out. And I want to look at these minutes leading up to the moment that changed his life forever. I want to see how David used wisdom and how the wisdom he used changed the direction of his life. I want to see how wisdom propelled him into his future. 1 Samuel 17, we'll start reading in verse 24. If you're there, say, I got it. If you don't intend on turning there, just say, I'm not going. That's the majority of the people. <laughs> We've got lazy in our faith, Brother Randy. We don't need Bibles anymore because the pastor will put it on the screens for us. <laughs> what do y'all do when I'm not around? Y'all turn me on YouTube. I got you. <laughs> 1 Samuel 17, 24. The Bible says all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, when they saw Goliath, fled from him and were much afraid. They're not just scared. They're like really scared of Goliath. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. You want to know why Goliath showed up? Goliath has shown up to destroy Israel our lives. Goliath has shown up to take us out. I'm wanting you to hear what they're saying. They're fearful. They're scared of Goliath and they are speaking their fear. Then they say, and the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the men who stood by him, say what? What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? See, they're, they're thinking about two different things. Israel is thinking that Goliath is there to destroy them. David is thinking that Goliath is there to propel him. It's important. That's part of the wisdom we're going to talk about here. Israel is moving out of fear. David is moving out of faith. He says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God. And the people answered him in the same way. So shall it be done to the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, man, what have I done now? Like, what have I done? I, just, I showed up to bring you some bread and cheese like Dad asked, and now I hear that somebody kills this guy, they're going to get a wife and a home and some money, and like, what's, what's up? And the Bible says he turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way, carried on in the same direction. And the people answered him again as before. When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion 
or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and I struck him and killed him. David may be young, but David is a bad dude. I went out west with my family and we had to carry bear spray. And the only thing I could think the whole time is, I hope I don't have to use this bear spray. David's almost like, come on, sucker. <laughs> He's telling Saul, look, I've, I'm not worried about this Goliath. I, I've, I've dealt with some issues in my life. I, I've taken some things out. And he says, the Lord who delivered me. That's key right there. See, my confidence is not in myself. My confidence is not in my ability. My confidence always has to be in the Lord. David says, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will, will, will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. If you've ever watched a basketball game, You'll see, like, players, if they're dribbling and they stop with the ball and a defender is in front of them, they get stuck. Now, you'll see this a lot with, like, Little League basketball, which I, I watch a lot because both of my girls play. And they'll get stuck in this position and there's, they don't know what to do. They, 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 they're, they're just stuck in this one position. I can't dribble anymore. I can't run anywhere. And I've got a defender in front of me, and they're just grabbing for the ball. What they haven't learned yet is, is the pivot. See, I may be here right now, and I may have the ball, and there may be a defender in front of me, and I can't run. I can't dribble. But what I can do is this. I can pivot, which means I can, I can change my direction. So now I'm stuck. Now I don't have any players open that I can pass the ball to, but if I'll pivot, then I can find somebody who's open. The reason I want to mention that is because there are wisdom pivots in your life that will change the direction of your life. In this story, there are three wisdom pivots that David uses to propel his life. These three wisdom pivots have the power to change the direction of your life, and I pray that you'll take hold of these today. And not just take hold of them, but I pray that you'll begin to apply them in your life. The first wisdom pivot is this. Know who to listen to and know who to turn away from. I want to let that sink in for a moment. Know who to listen to and who to turn away from. When David comes to the battle line and hears the challenge of Goliath, his older brother starts speaking very negatively to him, starts putting him down. Hey, what are you doing here? Like, where'd you leave those few sheep? But David, instead of engaging in an argument, instead of allowing his brother to change his direction, the Bible says that he turns away from him. What does he do? I, I'm here in this situation that I don't like to be in. I don't need to be in it. So I'm going to pivot my way out of it, and I'm going to turn and talk in the same direction that I was before. This is important to understand that not every voice in your life is good for your 
life. They may mean well, and you may love them, but you can't listen to every single voice that comes your way because not every voice in your life is good for your life. Some people mean really well, but they give terrible advice. Anybody ever met anyone like that? Like, they love you. They want what's best for you, but they give terrible advice. And you've got to make sure that you turn away from them because the voice you follow will determine the direction you go in. So what's David do? David turns. The Bible says in Psalm 1-1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. I have to learn to turn away from voices that do not agree with God. And this can be difficult, especially when it's family or friends. And I want you to hear what I'm saying. You, you need to love them. You need to be kind to them. You should respect them. But you cannot listen to them if they're giving you ungodly counsel. If they're giving you terrible advice, you need to learn how to turn away because the voice you follow will determine the direction you go. What if David would have listened to his older brother? What if David would have listened to Saul? Saul's the king, and he's telling David, you can't do this. You can't fight this giant. You're just a kid. And Goliath has been a champion since he was a kid. If David would have listened to that voice, we would not be reading about him today. But David knew how to pivot out of the situation by turning from the negative voice. I want to tell you something today. You can change your life if you'll change who you're listening to. You can change, young people, listen, you can change your life if you'll change who you are listening to. Sometimes that means we've got to cut off the voice that lives inside of our head. Because sometimes my inner voice gives me the worst advice. <laughs> sometimes the voice in my head is telling me to go into a direction that will lead in destruction and disaster, and I've got to learn how through wisdom to determine, is this a God thing or is this a terrible thing? Well, how do I do that? Through wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom will show me who to listen to and who to turn away from. And when I find a voice that I can listen to, I need to apply their instruction. This is important. When I find a voice that I can listen to and they give me godly counsel for my life out of love because they want to see the best for me, if it is godly counsel and there is wisdom in it, I need to listen to it and I have to apply it. Wisdom is worthless if it's not applied. Wisdom is worthless if it's not applied. If you know anything about David's son, Solomon, he becomes the next king of Israel. He prays, God, give me wisdom, and God makes him the wisest man to ever live. The Bible says, no one before you is going to have as much wisdom as you do, and no one coming after you is going to have as much wisdom as you do. The only one that was superior to Solomon in his wisdom was Jesus Christ. 
But Solomon's life ends very badly because he does not apply what he knows. If you read through the book of Proverbs, you'll see like incredible wisdom from Solomon. But his life is destroyed because he didn't follow his own advice, especially when it came to relationships and marriage. He had the right counsel. He had the right words, but he did not follow the right voice. He did not follow the voice of wisdom. Wisdom is useless unless it is applied. There are many times that people will come to me as a pastor and they'll ask me for counsel or advice. They'll come to my wife. They'll ask her for counsel or advice. And we will give it to them. But when we see that they're not applying what we've already said, it means that you do not respect what I'm saying, which means I'm not going to give you any audience any further. Does that make sense to you? Because you've already shown me that you're not, you're not wise. You are not wise. You're not going to take godly counsel and apply it to your life. So I'm not going to waste my time with you. Jesus would say it this way. Don't cast your pearls before the swine. If you are not willing to listen to godly counsel and apply it to your life, then you are not using wisdom. Wisdom has to be applied we need to find it, we need to hold on to it, and we need to apply it. So here's the next question that's obvious. If wisdom is so important, then where do we find wisdom? Where do I get it? If I should be looking for it, like where should I start looking? The first thing is this, I have to go to the source. Somebody say go to the source. Go to the source. Proverbs 2.6 says, for the Lord gives wisdom. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. His word is wisdom. The first place I need to start is I need to start with his word because every word he speaks is wisdom. One thing that really changed the direction of my life was when I was younger, I decided I was going to read the book of Proverbs. I got into the book of Proverbs because I wrote a book, I read a book about Solomon's life, and I was captivated by the wisdom that he used. And so I started reading Proverbs, and reading Proverbs really began to change my life because it changed the way I think. That's key. You've got to learn how to allow the Word of God to renew your mind. You've got to understand that sometimes you're stuck in a situation because of the way you think and because of the voice that you have in your head. And you need to change that voice and change the way you think and let your mind be renewed. How do we do that? Through the word of God. God is the unlimited source of wisdom, and there is wisdom in his word. It is amazing to me how many people who are believers or consider themselves to be Christians that never take the time to open the scriptures. But there is wisdom in the scripture. You know, I know people who lead these meetings for like Fortune 500 companies. They'll come in and they'll do these talks with them. Do you know what they're teaching in these seminars? They're teaching biblical principles. They don't call it Bible because it's a secular venue. And they don't read the scripture because it's a secular venue, but they're teaching the principle that they're finding in, in the word of God. Why? Because the principle of God will work. 
when it is applied. It will work. God's word will prosper wherever it is sent. And so if I will start applying God's word to my life, the Bible says in Joshua 1, 8, I'm going to find good success and my way is going to be prosperous. Why? Because I'm finding wisdom and I'm applying wisdom. The Bible says in James 1, 5, if any of you lack wisdom, some of you ladies in here already identified that your husband lacks wisdom, so this is going to be his verse for the day. If he lacks wisdom, let him ask who? God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. I should look for wisdom in his word, and I should pray for wisdom. If I'm going through something, before I make a move, I should say, God, what is it that I need to do? Open the door or shut the door. But give me wisdom in this moment. So many times we make big decisions for our life without counseling the wisdom of God first. Never considering, God, what is it that you have prepared for me? What is it that you desire for me? So I should find wisdom in his word, and I should pray for wisdom. Here's another way to find wisdom. You can find wisdom in others. Did you know that? You can find wisdom in others. You can learn from others' life experiences. There's no reason for me to go through the same train wreck that you've been through if I can learn from what you did and get a takeaway. That's why I say in life there's no such thing as a bad example. People are oh, they're a bad example. No, not really. They may have made some stupid decisions, but they don't have to be a bad example to me because I can learn from that stupid decision and I don't have to go down that same path. You know how many times my father saved my life? I'm talking about my earthly dad. He saved my life by saying, son, I've been down that road you're about to go down, and here's what's going to happen. Now the choice is yours. That's how my dad was. My dad was always the type of person, like, he's going to give us enough rope to hang ourselves with. He would let us make the decision, but he would say, here's where that road leads. And did you know what I found out? He was always right. And it's because he had already been through it. He had already seen it. It just has a different name and a different face. But it's the same issue. So I can gain wisdom by walking with those who are wise. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 20, Whoever walks with the wise will become wise. Think about that. Whoever walks with the wise will become wise. In other words, it's going to rub off. I don't always need to be the smartest person in the room. Some of y'all want to be the smartest person in the room. You need to find a new room <laughs> because you're setting a lid for your life. I need to find some people who have done some things that I'm trying to do. See how they've accomplished it and gained that wisdom. Why? Because if I'll hang out with the wise, I'll become wise. But the companion of fools will suffer destruction. One way I like to say this is you will rise or fall to the level of your associations. Think about that and consider that. You will rise or fall to the level of your associations. Some say it this way. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It's true. That's why as parents, we should like pray for the friends that our children have. We want to make sure that they're hanging out with the right kind of people because the right kind of people will help them go in the right direction. Sometimes we get stuck because we're listening to and hanging around the wrong people. 
God is trying to do something incredible for us, but we never step into it because of those that we have associated ourselves with. This is important. Some of you, you're wanting to walk away from certain things, but you can't get away from it because you haven't changed the relationship circle that you're in. And it may, be, it may hurt to walk away, and it may be difficult to walk away, but sometimes you got to say, I'm sorry, I can no longer be in this relationship because we're not heading in the same direction. Because if you remain there, you'll remain stuck there. You see the children of Israel when God's about to take them into the promised land. They send 12 spies out to go look at the land. And they come back and they're like, man, the land is amazing. Everything that God said is true. But 10 of the 12 said, the problem is there's giants there. And the people listened to the wrong Voice And because they listened to the wrong voice, they did not take hold of the promised land, and they had to wander in the wilderness until they died. They were stuck because they listened to the wrong voice. Please hear what I'm saying today. Be careful who you allow in your life. Be careful who you give your time to. Be careful who you give your thoughts to. And be careful who you give your ear to. Now, if you are married, I'm not saying walk away from your spouse. I have to give that little caveat because sometimes like people get the message so twisted, but they'll come up and be like, that was a powerful sermon, Pastor. You gave me the courage. I need to leave my husband. (laughs) I'm not saying that. (laughs) Y'all need to get some godly wisdom and work that thing out. I'm talking about relationships that the deal has not been sealed yet. Now, if you're just engaged, you, you can run. You can be like, be like Julia Roberts, man. Run. <laughs> oh, number two, here's the second wisdom pivot. Speak faith, not fear. Speak faith, not fear. Everyone was terrified of Goliath, and everyone was speaking out of their fear. Here's what Goliath's going to do to us. He's here to destroy us. He's here to wipe us out. But David didn't have the same conversation. David says, you know what? I've seen the giant, and I've seen what the giant can do for my life. And I'm, I'm, I'm reminded about this time where I had to fight a lion and a bear. And I remember how God got me through that moment. And if God has brought me through that, then I believe that he's going to bring me through this. So that sucker is coming down today. And he goes and he faces Goliath head on, and he speaks that faith to Goliath. I'm going to take you out, and I'm going to cut your head off. Today, the problem ends. Today, my giant ends. We need to start speaking faith and not out of our fear. We need to start declaring what God has said about our life and our home and our family and our city and our community and stop speaking out of our fear or our doubt because whatever we say is what we will bring into our life. That's a wisdom pivot right there. Some of you can change the direction of your life if you'll start changing what you are saying. My great-grandfather used to say, always think 10 times before you speak. Why is that important? Because I'm training myself to think through, should I say this? Should I speak what I'm about to speak? 
in every area of my life. You know, I, this is this may be extreme for y'all, but when I was a little, when I was when my oldest daughter was little, you know, we would play around, and she, I mean, she was a little, little little baby. We would play around, and she would be silly. And one day I said, "You're so crazy," and I caught myself. I said, "I'm changing that," and I would start saying, "You're so funny." You're so funny. Why? Because I'm not going to speak craziness over her life. Well, Pastor, does it really matter? Yeah, it really matters. The power of life and death is in your mouth. It is in your mouth. Some of you destroy your marriage because of what you say. What you say to them, you're not even thinking about it. But your words are bringing that person down. Your words are tearing them down and not building them up. Your words are powerful. Choose how you use them wisely. David sees the problem, but instead of focusing on the issue, he starts speaking faith. And David will say things like this. He'll say, by my God, I can run through a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. What am I saying? I see the problem, but I'm going through it or I'm going to go over it. Either way, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Start talking like it. Start talking like it. Sickness has no place in my life. Sickness has no place in the life of my family. Well, someone just got sick. It's going to leave. We're going to be well. We're going to be whole. We're coming through this, and we're going to come through strong. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am moving forward and never going back. My life will always increase and never decrease. The best is still yet to come. I'm going to love my wife tomorrow more than I do today. And I'm going to love her today more than I did yesterday. Change the way you talk and you'll change your future. Change the way you talk and you'll change the future. Words pave the path to your future. Start declaring what it is you want to see in your life, even if you're not seeing it right now. Some of you, you wrestle with worry and anxiety. You need to start saying things like this. My mind will be at perfect peace. Some of you deal with fear. You need to start saying, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Well, I still feel fear. I still feel the fear. God has not given me a spirit of fear. This is like a daily walk. This isn't like a one and done. Every day I've got to declare that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am loved by God. I am protected by God. He is ordering my steps. Good things are coming my way. I will be blessed. I will prosper in my coming and in my going. That is my confession. This isn't just something I preach. This is something I practice in my life. I've got to be very careful, like leading this church, I've got to be very careful how I even speak to situations like the building project. I've got to be careful. I've got to be careful. I've got to be careful. Because it will pave the road that I'll travel down. Here's the third wisdom pivot. Discern the moment. 
discern the moment. David wakes up to take bread and cheese to his brothers, and when he gets there, he's faced with opposition. But instead of seeing the opposition like everyone else saw, he saw an opportunity. This is an opportunity for my life to advance. This is an opportunity for me to increase. What would happen if I started seeing the problems in my life and the opposition in my life as something that is beneficial to my life? Sometimes we look at the problem all wrong. Sometimes we look at the obstacle all wrong. What if I started looking at that obstacle and saying, this is an opportunity for me to see God do something incredible right here. This is an opportunity for me to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. This is an opportunity for my faith to grow. This is an opportunity for me to see something that I've never seen before. This is an opportunity for me to gain some wisdom that I did not have before. You know, there are many things that I've walked through in life that I didn't enjoy walking through it. But I have wisdom now. I have strength now that I didn't have before. I have endurance now that I did not have before. There are things that my wife and I went through in our relationship when we were dating that actually proved to strengthen our relationship in our marriage. It was difficult stuff, but we made it through. And because we made it through, we've got some endurance and we've got some wisdom. Stop looking at every problem as the thing that's going to take you out and destroy you. The Bible talks about the trials that we go through in life. In the book of James, it says you can go through the trial with joy because you know it's producing something inside of you. It's doing something for you. It is going to strengthen me. It is going to propel me, and I'm going to come out stronger and wiser for it. This is not the thing that ends my life. You know, the past two years, everything's gone haywire, right? I mean, it's been a wild ride. But you know, I can look back on the past two years and see so many wonderful things that God has done that would have never happened had it not been for that season. So I'm not going to look at the season as, a, you know, this sucks, man. No, I've seen God do some incredible things. God has been faithful. And he's going to continue to be faithful. That's one thing I love about God. He doesn't change. So if he was good yesterday, he's going to be good today. And if he's good today, he's going to be good tomorrow. God is faithful. God is good. And Romans 8.28, you know, a lot of times we use this verse, you know, lightheartedly, but I really believe that God is working everything together for my good. Your life's on a journey. And you're waiting for something. Don't waste the wait. Work the wait. Become the person that God is calling you to be. Develop and grow where you are. Don't wait until you got this to become that. That's where we miss it so many times. It's like, once I get this, then I'll become that. You know, once we get the new building, then we'll do 
this. No, no, no. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. If God in flesh had to grow in the season of waiting, don't you think we need to do some growing where we are today? If you're watching online right now, I want you to know that God can take you far beyond you can ever think or imagine. There is extreme potential in your life. That's not the issue. It's not the potential. It's the pattern. What are your patterns? Do you have wise patterns or do you have foolish patterns? Because wise patterns will reveal the potential that's inside of you and foolish patterns will hide the potential that's inside of you. I'm believing today that you can make a wisdom pivot. And that starts with putting your eyes on Jesus Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to begin to direct your life. You're not in this on your own. You are not by yourself. God is with you. God is for you. He is the source of wisdom. And if you'll lean into him and lean into his word and begin to pray, he'll show you things that you've never seen before. Father, for every person that's watching right now or listening to our podcast, we ask that you would speak to them in a very clear way. God, we're asking that you would begin to allow them to see things like they've never seen them before. Allow them, God, the strength to build their life on faith and not fear. Lord, help them to change the direction and the course of their life today by downloading your wisdom into their life. In Jesus' name, amen.